I was not just stuck in the friend zone. I was the mayor of the friend zone. I owned real estate there. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Joining me today is Connell Barrett. He is a dating coach. He said he'd had enough. It was time to change. So he decided to take massive action and discover what works with women, which led him to writing his book called Dating Sucks but you don't. How to approach women and gain confidence and attract your dream girlfriend. Joining me now is Connell Barrett. Welcome to the show. I love the introduction that you are a really shy guy and didn't date and then everything turned around. Do you want to just kind of tell us your story? Absolutely. The reason I wrote a dating book to help men solve their dating problems is because I had every dating problem a guy could have. (laughs) I didn't know how to flirt. I was not just stuck in the friend zone. I was the mayor of the friend zone. (laughs) I owned real estate there. And what I decided to do was I just, when, when my wife of nine weeks dumped me after nine weeks, I felt rejected by all women. And I said, you know what? I don't want to feel this way anymore. I want to learn how to date, how to have a really good romantic option in my life. And then that sent me off on a five-year journey of working with all these different coaches to figure out where does confidence come from? How do you flirt? And most importantly, how do you make a genuine real connection with someone without it being a sketchy, weird pickup artist thing? Uh, What's the art of real connection? And that's how I was launched on this journey. Wow. So what came first, writing a book or finding someone? Oh, writing a book came last. Because first I had to spend years getting good at this, learning how to approach women when I had lots of fear about that, learning how to get out of the friend zone and learning that the problem wasn't that I wasn't good enough. The problem was that I didn't know how to channel my most attractive, authentic self. So the reason why my book is called Dating Sucks But You Don't is because a lot of people, men and women, think, oh man, I'm struggling because I suck. I'm not good enough. I'm not handsome enough. I'm not whatever. And the main message is, no, yes, dating can definitely suck, but you don't. You're awesome. You just have to learn how to channel your best, most authentic self in a way that creates real connections with people. And so that's why the book came last. First, I had to figure out the code before I could write it. So are you going to give us uh, some of that code? Absolutely. Well, I think the, the single most important thing any person can do, male or female, is like mom always said, be yourself, honey. Mm -hmm. People are going to like you for you. But what does that mean? I call it being radically authentic, going into a date, going up to approach somebody or taking that romantic risk, doing it with vulnerability and doing it without any kind of fake dating mask. Don't try to be cool if you're not cool. Don't try to be witty if you're not super witty. Be vulnerable enough to be authentic. For example, I'm a nerdy book reading musical theater loving Star Wars dork. And guess what? Women are going to meet my dorky Star Wars loving musical theater loving self on a date. She may or may not like that type. But if she does like that type, guess what? She's really going to like me. And if she doesn't, that's totally fine. There's other fish in the sea. So whether you're a single dad, or a hipster, or a software engineer nerd, lean into that true self, because the woman who would like that type is going to really like you 
if you're putting that on the table. Does that make sense? It does. And what I'm thinking is with this whole, gosh, new dating online stuff, how do you, number one, say no, or number two, not feel rejected for who you are when it's just about not having that connection? I believe that somebody in the courtship phase of dating, texting, a date or two, a handful of dates, I don't believe there's any such thing as rejection. I think rejection, look, if my wife of 10 years came down the stairs one day and said, honey, I never loved you and I'm leaving you for Bradley Cooper. Okay, that's rejection. <laughs> but if a woman I have one or two dates with says, nah, I'm just not feeling it. That's not anything personal about me necessarily. It might just mean that, hey, she likes the Beals and I'm the Stones. You know what? Stones are pretty damn awesome. I just need to find somebody who likes the stones. So what we want to do is not look at rejection as quote unquote rejection. It's not a capital R. It's a little tiny R. It's really just information. It's really just, oh, you're not my type. And that's totally fine because when we become really authentic in our dating life, a majority of people aren't going to be attracted to us, but the kind of people who like our type are going to really be into us. And that's what we're doing here. We're sort of marketing to your niche, your, your super fans. That's who you want to look for. So we're not going to bait and switch. We're going to be who we be. Totally. The great thing about, about yeah, I like that bait and switch. The great thing about being who you be is that you don't have to practice that. You know who you are. And when you take off the mask and show somebody your real self on a date, you become more charismatic you become more confident because you already know who you are. Besides, when you put on that mask or try to be something you're not, it waters down who you are. It's sort of like, don't be a watered down wine spritzer on that date, be a, a shot of Jameson. Mm. Not everybody wants Jameson, but those who like it are gonna get a buzz on the good stuff, which is you. So how did you learn to get this confidence? Like were there steps you took? Yes, a massive amount of trial and error, uh, approaching literally thousands of women, working with over 12, 13, 14 different coaches, everyone from classy self-help coaches to sketchy pickup artists to everywhere in between. I learned something from all of them, even if sometimes it was what not to do. Yeah, just a lot of action. The big epiphany turning point for me was I was out at a at a nightclub in New York City over a decade ago. And I saw a really attractive woman in a silver dress who I wanted to walk up to. And I asked my coach, I said, what do I say? What's the cool line? He said, well, what's the most honest thing that you could share? And I said that I'm really nervous, but I want to meet her. He said, boom, there's your pickup line, which is an anti-pickup line. Go in with vulnerability. So I walked up to her and said, hi, excuse me. I'm actually pretty shy but I just had to meet you. You're really cute. And she looked at me, cocked her head a bit and said, oh yeah, you're real shy. Hi, I'm Amy. And she was into it. She liked it. I actually came across as confident to her because I was leaning into the true feelings that I was, basically what was happening inside of me was what I projected out to her. So that was like the, my first big aha moment of whoa, you can just walk up to people, be yourself, and some of them are really into it. I had to put that in a bottle and, and teach it. And that bottle is, is my book, Dating Sucks, But You Don't. So how did you learn to flirt? What was that process? 
<laughs> again, lots and lots of trial and error. I started off by being way too needy and eager and Mr. Nice Guy. And then I overcorrected and became arrogant and tested out all these like pickup artist moves that didn't work and it felt fake. And I eventually found this sweet spot where I learned again, flirting doesn't have to be sexual, certainly doesn't, shouldn't be creepy. It should be playful. It should be light. Flirting can be, let's have a thumb wrestle on our first date or a staring contest. Flirty can be gentle teasing each other as long as it's, you know, with, with good intentions. And uh, flirting can just be being really open and vulnerable about your life. Yeah, it took a many, many dozens of dates, but I finally worked out a sort of a step-by-step -step approach to it that sort of leads to a, a genuine real connection on a date, but assuming both people have chemistry and are each other's types. Are some people just natural at flirting and others really have to learn it? I think at least among men, there's a very small subset of guys. We call them naturals in the dating industry. Some small number of men are naturally good at it. I was not one of those <laughs> men. I feel like probably nine out of 10 guys need some help with how to flirt in a way that keeps you out of the friend zone, but that's not too extreme and too sketchy where it gets you in like a me too trouble or makes women feel uncomfortable. There is a nice golden middle ground, which I teach. Do you coach as well? Absolutely. I'm the real life hitch. So if a Kevin James type out there wanted to work with me, absolutely. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Awesome. So I am a coach. I'm not a dating coach. In fact, I've been told I don't even know how to flirt, but what I really love about- I'm feeling very charmed by it. Oh, what I really love about your story is that you didn't go, oh, women are awful. You went, what can I learn? And I think that that's something that is so impressive and people don't understand what coaching is. It's really all about you. It's like you just hired your best friend, your wingman. What made you decide to get a coach versus go to a counselor or? I went to get a coach because I could not approach an attractive female stranger and say hello. I couldn't do it and I needed help to do that. I was in a Starbucks. This was 12 years ago. I was in a Starbucks in New York City and I saw this really attractive, classy looking uh, woman, brunette, drinking her iced coffee on a sunny Sunday afternoon. And I walked over to her table to try to approach, but I couldn't open my mouth. It was like an angel on my shoulder saying, you're a great guy, go say hi. And a little devil on my other shoulder saying, no, she won't like you, you're a nerdy ginger, you're a dork, you're introverted. And these two, the angel and the devil kept fighting until the devil stuck a pitchfork in the angel's face. And I didn't say hi to her and she walked out. And I said to myself, oh, there's the 5,000th woman who I wanted to talk to but didn't have the courage, I need help to fix this. And that was the day I, I reached out to a coach to get help. So that's what a coach can do. It can provide you that extra courage and push to stretch your comfort zone and have the kind of, in my case, dating and romantic breakthroughs that I really wanted to have, but I couldn't do on my own. Does it have a lot to do with risk? Absolutely. There's no dating success without some kind of romantic risk because you have to make yourself vulnerable to quote unquote rejection, to not having a good outcome. But that's the only way you're going to have some good success 
I'm a big baseball fan. I tell my clients, I say this in the book, Mickey Mantle hit 536 home runs. He also struck out more than 1,500 times and he didn't get a base hit seven times out of 10. So those quote unquote failures aren't really failures. They're just baked into the rules of baseball, or in this case, in dating. You're going to get ghosted sometimes. You're going to approach and she won't be interested. But that's only by taking those risks do you make yourself open to the genuine connections that you're looking for. And the great news is it only takes one to find your soulmate, to find the love of your life, and then you're good. Have you done that? Well, it's funny you say that. I'm currently dating someone exclusively. After COVID, after lockdown ended, I went out and said, okay, time to get back out there. Just recently, I have entered a great, wonderful relationship with a, a woman I met online. Knock on wood, this is it. We'll see. Well, congratulations. So here's a, here's a thought. So online dating, you're talking about walking up to someone, being vulnerable. How in the world do you make a profile without sounding arrogant? How do you be vulnerable? We ha- I do a podcast with some gals here at work and we're like, you know what? I don't want to see your fish or your nostrils, <laughs> or, you know, it's like, I, I, I say, hey, ladies, if you have a dad, an uncle, a cousin, and they're dating online, get their pictures, get their profiles and fix them. So what is the key? Or do you talk about this in your book to a, a profile that- The largest chapter in my book, the, the most extensive chapter is a step-by-step chapter about going from lack of matches to lots of good matches on Tinder and the apps. And the title of that chapter is- it's not you, it's the halibut you're holding. In other words, you don't suck, your profile sucks. Let's fix your profile. Two main tips I have for for men to get success on Tinder or the dating apps is number one, just understand that this is a piece of marketing. It's digital marketing. You're not dating yet until you meet her. You're creating a profile that's a piece of digital marketing. You want it to be something that gives something of value. In other words, it's for her, it's not for you. Choose photos, choose a bio that convey your most attractive, dateable self. So, right, it's not about you, it's for her. The second more practical tip is the easiest way to get matches and dates on a dating app is make sure your first photograph is a really good portrait, ideally taken outside in natural light, roughly from the waist up with an authentic, real smile, and you dressed well. All about those first couple photos to hook a woman's interest. And you just want to basically look first, date great, dress well, be smiling, outdoor shot, good, real smile. Don't do what I see a lot of guys do. Like you said, bathroom (laughs) selfies, no, no bueno there. Wear a shirt, right? Please wear a shirt. Please wear a shirt. (laughs) I beg you. You can wear a shirt that shows off your physique if you have a good one, but yeah, no shirtless shots, no fish photos. She doesn't want to date the captain from Jaws. She wants to date a regular guy (laughs) who's relatable and normal. Yeah, no dark, sketchy selfies where you look all scowling. Yeah, don't look like Dexter in his kill room. (laughs) Look like yourself, the handsome, well-dressed guy who's going to show up on that first date. Show her that guy. Awesome. And is it better to pay for a profile than just do one of these freebies? It is, if you have a good profile. Once you get a profile that's good enough to convert, it is a good idea if you can afford a few extra bucks a month to buy the, the paid level of Tinder or Bumble or whatever dating app you're on, because more women will see you if you pay a little extra and you might get some other cool bells and whistles. Now, a bad profile will not work 
on any tier. So focus on those fundamentals, really good photos, a good bio that offers for something that shows some personality that avoids cliches. And then once you know you're getting some good results on that lower free tier, then pay for the, the pricier one because it will yield more good dating options. It does pay off. Awesome. So now with all of this cool stuff you've done, learned with coaches, how has it affected other areas of your life? Oh man, I remember when I first started going out and getting good at this and that ice within me had thawed that that frozen, Kafka called it the frozen sea within. That frozen sea within started to thaw. I could speak publicly and feel more comfortable. Learning how to approach women meant that I could go to a meeting at work my, before I became a dating coach. I just felt more confident, more myself. People started look, looking at me, friends saying, Connell, what's changed? Have you lost weight? Did you change something? Really, I, I changed my beliefs about myself and I had grown in a really powerful way. And maybe at the time I was dating a woman I was really excited about. I tell my clients and I tell readers of the book that when you transform and enhance your dating life, it's like a, a sea that rises lots of boats. Your health improves or it can, your friendships improve, and you just walk through the world feeling like, hey, I'm good enough. I have a great partner, a great woman in my life. And then the sun's a little bit brighter. It is the law of attraction, right? You work on yourself and you start seeing different. And all of a sudden you start seeing things maybe you didn't see before. Absolutely. You start to see the world through a new lens. And one of the things I teach guys to do in the book is essentially every day make a decision that you are going to be what I call your higher self, your better self. You at your core, most confident self, a heightened version of you, where you are more optimistic, more confident, and you're seeing the positivity out there and giving value to the world. And this is a lens that sure, it'll change your dating life, but it can, it can make your entire life feel more enhanced. Yeah, it's just good to walk through the world feeling attractive and feeling connected to your partner or to whoever you're dating. It sounds like a big part of what you did involves self-talk. Can you talk about that a little bit? Tony Robbins has a great line that I've shared with my clients. He says, we need to stand guard at the door of our minds. We need to pay attention to what we tell ourselves, the stories we tell ourselves. So I'm a big believer in writing a new, more empowering dating story. So many men have a story that says, I'm not attractive enough. I'm too ugly. I'm too short to find love, to have a great dating life. And that is a horror story. I say, let's tell a new story. Let's make it a rom-com. Let's make it a romance story that I'm good enough because I'm intelligent. I have a good job. I'm a, I'm a good son. I'm a good single dad. Start telling yourself what you, stop telling yourself what you think you lack romantically and start focusing on what you actually offer. That'll change your confidence instantly if you start focusing on those things you have to offer women rather than focusing on what you think you lack. So that brings me back to the beginning when you said being authentic rather than being what you think they want, really being true about who you are and letting them make the decision. Yes. Don't we think we know what people are thinking about us? Like as a coach, people are, say to me, well, I don't want them to think this or that. It's like, it doesn't matter what they think. Let them think it. It's mm. almost like you're saying, I'm going to be me and 
I'm not going to try and be what you want. And if I'm not what you want, that's okay. Absolutely. You want to lean in to being that best, most authentic side of yourself. At the same time, you want to try to connect with that person. See if who you are is what she, if we're talking about men and women, if what is what she is looking for. But if you're not what she's looking for, that's totally fine. Again, not everybody's a Stones fan. Some people like the Beatles. Some people like Nirvana. The idea here is if you try to be everything to everyone, you're not going to date anyone because you're so watered down. Another one of my old coaches used to say, don't be Starbucks. Everybody goes to Starbucks, but nobody's in love with it. No one's got a Starbucks tattoo. Be the niche, quirky, hipster coffee shop where everybody has goatees and there's funky art on the wall and it's too dark and a little too loud. Not everybody's going to like that place, but people who want that are going to go crazy for that coffee shop. So be your version of that specific hipster coffee shop. And women who want to drink that kind of coffee, uh, they're going to they're gonna become caffeinated on you. <laughs> do you have any tips for women? I do. I, I think I love this tip because I come from a, a perspective of coaching men. And I can tell you that every man who's a single straight man and interested, we love it when a woman approaches us or make some kind of ice-breaking moment easier. So if you're a woman and you are out there in the world, especially hopefully coming out of lockdown now, and you see somebody in real life, a male who intrigues you, don't be afraid to break the ice with him. Pay him a compliment. Ask him what he's drinking, what kind of coffee he's drinking at Starbucks, or notice something he's wearing and break that ice because approaching anxiety, in other words, that first thing you say to a stranger is one of the scariest thing, things for men to do. So many men are petrified of approaching a woman and just starting that conversation. If you literally just say, hey, I like your tie. Oh my God, we love it. It's so easy now because then we can talk back to you. We know it's okay to say hi to you. The very few times a woman has approached me, I almost wanted to propose to her. I was so appreciative <laughs> <laughs> that she made it so easy because I know how scary it can be. So ladies, don't be afraid to break the ice with that attractive male stranger. You'd be surprised how much we appreciate it. And then, and then we'll take it from there. I love that. So we're almost out of time. I wanted to see if you could talk a little bit about coming out of COVID. I think that knock on wood, once the Delta surge is over, hopefully very soon, and we truly fully enter the post-COVID era, I think this is now going to be the best time ever, perhaps, to meet people in real life, to break the ice, get off of the apps to an extent, because we've all been locked inside doing Zoom calls, dating apps for the last year and a half. And my advice is to men and women is to say hi, break the ice, go out and approach a person because we all want that connection. And in terms of your first post-lockdown date, lower the bar for what success is. Don't worry about whether you hit it off or not. Just say to yourself, you know what, as soon as I walk into that restaurant or bar, wherever it may be, and they walk in and we start talking closer than six feet without masks, just have gratitude for that. Tell yourself, you know what, it's so great that we can do this finally after this long, terrible last year and a half. And that's a huge win. So just get out there and focus on, look at any date happening as a win. And you might surprise yourself because for the last year and a half, we've all spent so much time communicating this way, like you and I are electronically, that I think we've all become better listeners. 
I think we're going to all be a little bit better at emotional connection. And when you when there's a nice emotional connection and you're physically a couple feet away from each other, then sparks can fly. My book is called Dating Sucks, But You Don't. It's a step-by-step guide to help men flirt, gain confidence, and find a great romantic partner. And do you have a webpage? Absolutely. Datingtransformation.com is where you can find my book as well as on Amazon, but also on datingtransformation.com. If a guy wanted to hire me to become his personal hitch, that's where to do it. What about groups? Do you do any groups? Oh yeah, actually anybody who buys my book, I have a deal going right now where they get free monthly group calls just for buying the book. Every month we hop on a Zoom call like this and uh, we talk about dating and try to help them take it to the next level. What's been your biggest challenge? Oh man, that's a great question. Probably the, the biggest challenge is, well, okay, I worked with a 51-year-old virgin and <laughs> the sequel to the 40-year-old virgin, 51-year-old virgin. And I thought, wow, this is going to be, this is going to be tough. And it was tough for a while because when you've had an entire lifetime of lack of success with dating, then those are some very deeply ingrained beliefs, negative beliefs that we had to pull out. But I'm happy to say by the end of our time working together, he was going on dates and finally finding women who saw him the way we wanted him to be seen. Last time I checked, he had a girlfriend that was no longer a 51-year-old virgin. It took a lot of effort. I've never seen a problem that couldn't be fixed as long as that man was willing to take massive action and make himself vulnerable and a little bit uncomfortable at times because you've got to stretch your comfort zone if you want to have a great dating life. I love that because I feel like during COVID, people really realized how lonely they were what you're doing is really helping the world because if men can be better at it, (laughs) at saying the words or flirting, then it's going to improve their life, not only in the dating sense, but like you said, at work. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between arrogance and confidence? Sure. Great question. Confidence is having a certainty in who you are and what you have to offer in your enoughness. You don't feel like there's anything lacking and you know what you offer. Arrogance is somebody who is not secure in that, what he has to offer and overcompensates by putting on an act, playing the part of a super confident guy when really he's insecure. So he overcompensates. And I know about this because in my early on in my journey, I fell into that trap. I worked with a couple of pickup artist type guys who basically said, one, one, this is in the book, one coach told me to go out for a month. He said, you know what? You're too nice, Connell. Women don't want nice guys. They want jerks. They want bad boys. They want, I won't use the word. (laughs) So I went out for about two weeks, putting on this alpha male, arrogant mask. And it felt awful. Women looked at me like I was an alien. I said polarizing, shocking things because that's what my coach told me to do. And it just didn't work. And it felt like I was wearing an ill-fitted suit. And it wasn't until I made the exact opposite shift and said, to heck with it, I'm going to go out and really be the dorky, nerdy, intellectual book reading guy I am. But you know, with a little bit of swagger and confidence. And that's who I found out women really wanted to meet. So yeah, arrogance is a mask that we wear to cover up our insecurity and fears that we're not enough. So I hope that somebody listening that is struggling with that will hear it 
Because most likely if that's what they're doing, like you said, they don't like it, but they don't know anything different. And so I feel like your book and your process is giving them kind of a opening to see different and do things different. We're in a generation now where everyone's dating. I mean, even 20 years ago, well, maybe 40 years ago, the younger were dating, but now people are getting divorced and the dating age seems like out of my screen here, like it's a bigger range. <laughs> Would you agree with that? No, I've dated, dated. I've, I've coached uh, as young as, <laughs> I've coached as young as, nine, as 19 wow. and as old as 66. 66 is the oldest client I've had so far. And it was all, you know what? It's all the same basic concepts here. Be truly authentic, take chances. Yeah, so age the time when age can get in somebody's head, again, I'm looking at this mainly through the male point of view, is some men think, oh, I'm too old to approach a woman, or I'm too old to get on the apps, or, or I'm just too old to attract the kind of woman I want to be with. I'll call him Steve, the 66-year-old said. He's like, who'd want to date an old fool like me? And I said, well, I don't know. I think you're funny. I think you got good style. I think you've got a great sense of humor. He has a daughter. And Two months later, Steve was having all these matches and, and interests show up in his inbox on Bumble and on Match.com. And he said, wow, this is fun. I feel like a kid again. And here he is, 66, dating again. What, you're 16, 66? We all need love. We all need connection. As they say, cliche is true. Age is just a number. What's that one thing you want every man to know? I want every man to realize that here's a great drill. I recommend every guy do this and every woman for that matter. This is something that is holistic and universal. It's so easy to get caught up in what you think you lack. And it's so much more empowering and you get instant confidence by focusing on what you know you offer. So I recommend everybody, as soon as they're done listening to you, take out a piece of paper or jump on their phone or laptop and write out what I call the awesome list. Write out 25 specific reasons why you are a great catch for a handsome, attractive stranger. And don't yourself, don't make them perfect. They can be, I make great banana pancakes. I speak three languages. I'm a good son, a good dad, a good brother. Give yourself the gift of this list and look at it every day. And when you start looking and focusing on what you offer, it's so much easier to have confidence to go on a date with excitement instead of fear to approach that attractive stranger. So yeah. Give yourself the gift of 25 reasons why you're an awesome catch. So we're going to end on that. That's your assignment. Go write down 25 things, men or women, why you're an awesome catch, even if you're married, right? Yes, absolutely. You can date your wife. What? That's a whole nother thing, right? People get married and then they quit dating, but that's for another conversation. Other you can people. date your husband. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> never stop flirting with, never stop courting, flirting, dating, your partner, because that's going to help you keep that spark alive when it's seven years in and you start to get itchy, just mm -hmm. start dating them again. I love it. So tell us the name of your book and the name of your website. And we'll end on that. Yes. My book is called dating sucks, but you don't. And it's a guide for men to gain confidence, learn how to flirt and get a great partner. 
You can get it on my website at datingtransformation.com. You can also find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere books are sold. So ladies, if you have a dad, a brother, a cousin who's having a hard time dating, go buy them this book. Check out Connell Barrett and get them back in the game. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You're a great interviewer. We're at a blast. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.